Hello, and welcome to the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. I am, of course, as always, your host, Garrett Ashley Mullet. And today I want to talk about Tesla and saying no. And uh, the topic comes to me, I'll be completely honest with you, in part because I'm looking at the trend on my recent podcasts and how uh, many listens they're getting. I'm looking at some of the initial podcasts that I recorded about, uh, I think the first one in the list right now, because I deleted a few of the first ones that were too rough. Uh, the first one in the list right now is Making Babies. Well, that got people's attention. They're like, oh, what's that one about? Hmm. making babies is the fun part. Uh, Then there's another episode I recorded about polygamy because I'd had some conversations with people regarding polygamy. And then I came across a, a uh, episode for some strange show on Facebook or YouTube. It was about a polygamous pastor. And uh, so I did a podcast about polygamy and uh, I think there's one other that is uh, it's, it's also gotten uh, around the same number of listens. One of my podcast episodes that I've recorded, uh, and that was one about when to shut up and not. So it seems like those three things so far those have been exciting, you know, punch topics where people have said, "Hmm, whoa, what's that about? I'm curious. Is he going to talk about something really controversial? Is he going to say something that's just really outrageous?" And and then a lot of my other more, I guess you could say, uh, subtle <laughs> uh, titles maybe haven't gotten as much play because uh, people are just looking at it and they're like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I'll listen to it later. Uh, you know, they read polygamy in their feed and they're saying, whoa, huh, that's the only thing in my feed for a long time that has said polygamy. I'm curious. But uh, anyway, that's part of why I'm picking Tesla and uh, saying no as the topic for today's podcast. But it's also relevant this week uh, because a friend of mine from Ohio uh, shared uh, a link to a page in the Daily Wire talking about uh, Elon Musk going on the Joe Rogan experience. And smoking a cigar rolled with marijuana and drinking whiskey and just being generally, uh, I guess people would say eccentric. And uh, just from that uh, stunt, if you want to call it that, that is deemed by many to be beneath the dignity of a uh, high-profile CEO such as Musk, uh, just from that... Tesla has lost a huge amount of money in terms of investors. Uh, Also, two of their executives, at least, have uh, resigned in the wake of it, just saying, nope, we're out. This is ridiculous. Um, They've had it. They're fed up with Elon Musk. Now, a little bit of uh, the backstory on how this pertains to me, or what does this have to do with saying no, is that I was actually offered a job by uh, Tesla, uh, the car company, not Nikola Tesla, just for those who are uh, familiar with the uh, (laughs) Eastern European inventor. Uh, I think he he was uh, an immigrant from Eastern Europe. Somebody should correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I'm sure somebody will. Somebody will message me. But I was offered a job by Tesla to come and work in their car factory, their their uh, uh, big gigafactory, as they call it, in Sparks, Nevada. And that happened you know, towards the beginning of the year. Uh, they made me an offer, and then I declined, and then they made me an offer for more money, and I had to decline again. It was... You know, all other things being equal, it was just entirely too close to when uh, my wife was going to have our son, John. And I just didn't feel like it was going to be a safe move at this point in our lives. I was really, really super excited about the idea 
of going into work in their factory and seeing uh, how it is that they put these things together. Just, I mean, just the experience of it, just getting to work with robots and whatever automation it is that they are doing uh, in that factory would be really, really exciting. But of course, uh, the more, um, I guess, down-to-earth people in my life uh, were very, uh, I guess you could say, aware of uh, some of the risk involved in the way that Musk runs the Tesla company and the nature of uh, a venture like that. Uh, you know, even if it wasn't Musk uh, with his eccentricities, um, even if there weren't reports of the, the thing being overhyped and under-delivering, over-promised, under-delivered, uh, there were concerns about uh, that just being a risky move because Tesla could go bankrupt tomorrow for all we know. Uh, and there's been talk of Tesla. I think one of my uncles reported that uh, Tesla only had financing through October. I think it is. And here it is September. And uh, once that financing dried up, then it was going to be uh, possibly curtains for that company. And then what do you do? You know, if you're over there, you moved there to work for this big factory and then it's the only thing in town that's a major employer like that uh there's you know what's your backup what's your your fallback option and uh you know for me that was a secondary concern because uh you know there's there's also the real potential that they do it they succeed um uh, it's a new exciting thing and how much of the Criticism and the naysaying is from people that just don't have uh, an imagination and they don't have that kind of a drive, uh, no pun intended. You know, it, especially the established uh, status quo car companies and the people who just they they make their life playing it safe uh, and don't invent anything ever, much less invent something and then try to uh, revolutionize the industry that that thing uh, is supposed to fit into. Um, you know, so for me, there's the, the possibility that Tesla uh, succeeds and that they are the future of everything. Um, there's also the possibility that Tesla uh, really, really struggles here in the short term and then they get bought out by a bigger, more established car company that then is able to execute and, and somewhat hybridize, uh, if not the actual car itself, at least the process of making the car. Where I think Musk maybe tried to do too much reinventing of the wheel too fast. That's a good lesson for the rest of us uh, if he fails. But there's also, I think, a lesson for the rest of us uh, in his attempting. And um, I don't know, I guess I just, I think at a certain point, the hype becomes uh, a self-fulfilling prophecy. And then also the criticism does too. You get enough people, you hit a critical mass of people saying, this is never going to work. And uh, surprise, surprise, it doesn't work. Because, you know, not with that attitude, it won't, is kind of the is the way I look at it. Uh, you know, it's it's like when we ask my son to go wash the dishes. Well, he doesn't want to wash the dishes. He hates washing dishes. This is, ah, no, no, do anything else. Punish me. Don't make me wash the dishes. I hate it. And a lot of times what he'll say, and I'm sure anybody who has children has heard this before when telling their child to do a chore, it's going to take forever, right? And that's uh, forever spelled F-O-R-E-E-E-V-E-R. -E 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 and uh, my response is, well, it's going to take forever with that attitude if you don't uh, jump in there and start working on it, right? Uh, but if you if you do get to it now, then you would be surprised how quickly it goes. My wife, she's been uh, taking to setting a timer and saying, here, how about this? I will show you how quickly 
we can get these dishes washed. Watch this. So she sets the timer. She gets to washing. What do you know? The towel is full in five minutes uh, because she's just going boom, 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 not walking away, not wandering away, not dragging her feet, not splashing in the water. Um, anyway, I digress. But this Tesla opportunity, you know, it comes uh, with my having automation technician uh, in my title uh, on LinkedIn. And I've had a number of recruiters approach me with job offers. Uh, there's been uh, a handful that I said no to this year. Uh, one was uh, Tesla. One was the BNSF, the railroad. Uh, one was Newfield Exploration, their uh, oil and gas producer here in North Dakota and elsewhere. And uh, I've had others that have approached me where it's you know I don't even uh, there's it's not even worth us talking about it. I don't. You know, those, those three I just mentioned, I went through the interview process, we discussed, uh, offers were made, or I had a high, uh, uh, I thought there was a high probability that an offer would be made. <coughs> and here's the thing about it, you can't do everything, right? I mean, if you had an offer from Tesla and an offer from the railroad, an offer from uh, an oil and gas company, and you're currently doing a job you you know that's the way it works is you've got to walk away from these other opportunities in order to pursue one you've got to focus up you got to decide what are my priorities what do i want to do and if you just don't make a decision just like washing dishes uh then you're going to do nothing it's never going to get done you're going to make no progress whatsoever now, if you make a decision, you say, hey, this is what I'm going to do, uh, you get to it. You know, even if it's not the best option, it's at least better than being indecisive. And so you know, there was a period in each one of those opportunities I just mentioned where my wife and I talked about it, uh, did research, looked at the areas I was being asked to possibly move to, looked at the company profile, looked at the website, read reviews from people that have worked for them, looked at the budget. You know, hey, are they going to be paying me as much or less or more than what I'm making right now? If less, can we make that work? Is it a good enough opportunity to justify a cut and pay and the instability that changing jobs would mean or what? And, um, you know, ultimately I ended up deciding this year, hey, I'm just going to stay where I'm at right now. I'm going to tough it out with Zedi. Uh, there are really exciting things on the horizon with Zedi, I think. And uh, I, I like what I do. I like the nature of the work. It's exciting to me. And uh, we'll just see. I mean, those other opportunities, it's cool. It's a little bit of a feather in my cap that, uh, you know, Tesla reached out to me, um, that the railroad reached out to me or a friend of mine. It was really, that's what it was. It was a friend of mine who said, Hey, I think you'd be really good for the railroad. I think you'd enjoy it. I think it'd be good for you. Uh, you know, what do you say? And he, he was very persistent. I feel bad for saying, well, no, I just don't think that's going to be the best option for me. Uh, but who knows too? I mean, you keep that in the back of your mind and it's uh, a little bit of a thought for down the road of, Hey, you know what, if I ever want to, not do this anymore, not work in oil and gas, whatever. Uh, there are other options that even if they wouldn't pay apples to apples, they'd pay close enough. Um, but anyway, I think saying no is uh, a critical skill that uh, gives us freedom. Um, and it also enables us, you know, for not just to, uh, walk away from things that are not good for us, but also to pursue with our full attention the things that are good for us. You know, say, uh, this is better than that. You know, this over here might be good, but it's not as good as this. I'm going to give up on that. I'm going to take this. Uh, you know, life is full of decisions, full of opportunities, and full of uh, ways that we can improve ourselves, improve those around us by being decisive. And I think sometimes 
you know, in an emergency, you got to make a decision quickly. And, and sometimes keeping your options open, that's a good thing too. You don't say no, you say, hold on a second, wait. I'm going to stay on this track. I'll get back to you when I get a break. But, uh, you know, in the case of Tesla, you know, I had this friend of mine shared me, shared to my wall on Facebook this uh, article about Elon Musk smoking a marijuana cigar, drinking whiskey, being eccentric. And he says, ah, this is reason 4,542 why it was a good thing that you didn't uproot your family and go work for Mr. Musk. And uh, <laughs> maybe he's right. You know, maybe that's correct. Um, I don't know. I, I, the funny thing about it, too, is that uh, Musk, you know, him, him doing that in open, in public, um, does that make him any less fit to be a CEO than another CEO doing Probably the same kind of stuff behind the scenes. You're just not doing it on a podcast. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, but that's beside the point that you got to look at uh, what's in front of you. And there's the old saying, uh, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Uh, there's also a poster I had at one point. I don't know what happened to it. I think it got lost when we were moving or it got uh, tore up or something dog ate it but uh, it claimed it purported to be an old Indian proverb Native American proverb uh, if you chase two rabbits you will lose both right and I think that's, that's true in uh, my experience certainly this year when it comes to career opportunities I decided, no, I'm going to stay on this Zedi rabbit and chase that one uh, as far as the trail goes. And uh, at least to this point, it's taken me to being this regional supervisor for automation services. And uh, who knows where it goes from there. Right? I trust that the good Lord above knows what the future holds. And uh, I trust that he holds my future. And that isn't to, to be cliche. Uh, I know that's uh, you know him. And it's not an original thought to me. But it doesn't have to be an original thought. You know, gravity doesn't have to be an original thought. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, relying on things that are established uh, isn't a sign that you're unimaginative. Sometimes it's a, a sign that you have good judgment because some of the things that are established are established because they work, because they're true, because they make sense, because they're good. Uh, you know, I think uh, it's a good thing. It was the right decision. I don't regret it. Having said, I am not going to go work for Tesla. That was the right call. Uh, it was a little bit of a process getting to that decision. Because it was really, really exciting to think about. And if they were right here in Sydney, Montana, and if it would have been no cut and pay, which it was going to be a cut and pay, and if the timing had not been right around when my wife was going to have a baby, et cetera, et cetera, I would have absolutely jumped at it. But uh, even so, at the, at the very end, I, I consoled myself by saying, even not going and doing that thing, you know, I can, I, it's a win-win. I either get to be the guy who went to work for Tesla or I get to be the guy who was offered a job by Tesla and said, no, thank you. And you know what? That's pretty darn cool too. Changing gears for a minute. I want to talk about a couple of, uh, passages from the scriptures that, uh, come to mind when it comes to work and decision-making. Uh, one of them is Proverbs 14.23. And it says, In all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. In all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. 
Now, I'll back up a little bit and then I'll come at it again. I had this written up on one of our whiteboards at the office, uh, ZI office here for a while, uh, along with a lot of inspirational quotes and just, you know, wise sayings pertaining to business, pertaining to being strategic, et cetera, et cetera. But this one in particular, in all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. Good to remember in automation because there is a lot of discussing. There's a lot of communication that has to happen. Uh, you know, we're serving customers. We need to understand what the customer wants, what they need. We need to communicate what we're able to do for them, what the options are so they can pick between them. We need to communicate challenges and say, hey, this is something we ran into that it's not acting the way that it should. And we've got to also uh, be able to plan the work internally, discuss with one another. Hey, I don't know what to do here. Uh, do you guys have any insight? Um, oh, yeah, about that there. This is what I think we ought to do. You know, and so you, you have to be able to talk and communicate. It isn't a line of work where you can skip that part and just go it solo. Uh, but at a certain point in time, you got to be able to stop. And just, okay, that's enough talk. Let's get to work. Let's get at what it is that we can do something about at this stage. And uh, yeah, that's where it's good to remember in all toil, there's profit in all work. Even if the part that you're doing is a really small, you're just going to put the bolts in on these four pieces of equipment here. We're going to get that connected to this. We know this much is good, right? That much is is how it's supposed to be. These other things over here that we're not sure yet, while we're waiting for somebody to get back with us or while we're thinking about it, let's do the part that we do know. And I, I tell my kids that too. You know, I'll say, hey guys, well, you know, why don't we, let's tidy up this living room. Well, where does this go? Well, where does this go? Well, where does this go? Where do, and I say, guys, whoa, 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 you know what? Just make a pile of all the things you're not sure where they're supposed to go and then come back to it at the very end. First things first, there's a book here. The book goes on the shelf. There's trash here. The trash goes in the garbage can. There's a dirty plate here. That goes to the sink. You know, start with what you know. Make a pile of the things you don't know. Come back to those. Once you've finished up, and maybe in the process of making that pile of things that you're not sure where they're supposed to go, in the process of putting things away where you know they're supposed to go, it'll come to you. And you'll say, oh, yeah, actually, this should uh, go to the garage. This I should take up to my room. This I should give to mom. You know, in all toil, there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. I find, being a very talkative person myself, uh, sometimes I talk when I'm nervous. Sometimes when I'm frustrated and I'm just trying to vent. I'm trying to get rid of this emotion I don't like. Uh, you know, sometimes... Uh, I hear other people talk and it's like, you, you're just wanting attention right now. You're just feeling alone and you want to not feel alone. So you're talking and you're hoping that somebody will just love you, right? They're going to hear your problems. They're going to care about them and they're going to show you that they care. Uh, even if it's just by listening. Um, here I am world. I still exist. Can somebody please notice me? Right. Uh, some people talk because they're trying to show off. They want everyone to know how much they know, how important they are, how funny they are, how charming, et cetera, et cetera. And it isn't just that they're lonely, they're insecure. It's that they're conceited. And, uh, and that's not profitable, right? Boasting uh, stirs up strife, causes trouble, causes conflict. In all toil, there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. There's another passage that I think is uh, apropos, certainly with my decision-making on uh, how to approach this current job I've got, uh, and also with how I approached uh, the offer from Tesla, the offer from BNSF, the, uh, I shouldn't say offer, 
it was it was interest. I don't want to overstate that or be inaccurate. Um, but I did receive an offer from Newfield. I feel bad about that one. I never even got back with them. Um, I told them my wife was about to have a baby, and uh, and that was that. I just never never did follow up. And the more time went on, the more I delayed. It was like, man, at this point, I'm sure they've moved on anyways. Best to just leave it alone. But uh, there's this passage from Ecclesiastes 9, 9 through 10, where Solomon writes as he's uh, wrestling with questions of meaning and existence. Why are we here? What is it all about? He says, enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun, because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. And I find it uh, remarkable. These two uh, big ideas are back to back. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun, because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. So. My first off, I'll say my grandfather Mullet, I think, really typified that latter half, especially. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. But so also, I mean, just the the idea that family life is so intertwined with work. Uh, you know, it's not supposed to be all one. Um, you know, if you have all work, all, you know, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, as the saying goes. Uh, also doesn't make for a very good family life. And then beyond that, you have uh, a question of if you have all family life and, and no work, well, how are you supporting your family? You know, you're going to have to make hay while the sun shines. Uh, but it, it's a balancing act where you've got to decide how much of my time am I going to devote to work? How much am I going to spend with my family. It takes wisdom. It's not simple. It's not cookie cutter. It's not, uh, I don't even think consistent all through life. And the hope is on my end that an investment of time at this stage in life, uh, especially with this career path, with this industry that I'm in, an investment of my time and attention now will pay dividends. Uh, yes, it's a lot of hours. Yes, it's a lot of travel, but does it end up with me having a specialized knowledge and skill that actually allows me to be home a lot more than most people, that allows me to work from home, that allows me to spend time with my family, that allows me to have more disposable income with which to say, yes, yep, we can do that. We can go on vacation. We can take care of that need. We can invest in that, you know, uh, that, that is the hope. Uh, but you know, I, I pray for wisdom. I ask God for strength and for, uh, you know, just, uh, reassurance that that is, uh, the right idea of it. And then when an opportunity comes along where you say, Hey, this is a different way we could go. I take a look at it and, uh, Reevaluate. Hey, maybe that's a better way to accomplish that balance, achieve that balance. You know, enjoying my life with the wife whom I love all the days of my vain life. God has given me under the sun, and also doing whatever my hand finds to do with my might. So this week, I'm actually headed for. Wyoming, uh, actually this afternoon. So it's Sunday morning as I'm recording this. And uh, we've got church, and then we come home, we have lunch. I'm going to have to get packed. And uh, I drive to Gillette, where I'll be staying tonight. And then hopefully I will be back home again on Thursday night. And uh, part of that is uh, consequence of uh, the line of work that I'm in, 
and uh, part of that is a consequence of being in kind of a transitional phase, uh, you know, both personally and as a company, where we're trying to grow, uh, trying to, to move into a new role, uh, move people, other people into new roles, try to get new work, new business in uh, areas that we don't currently have uh, people with my skill set or my experience. Uh, you know, I was an automation technician. Now I am this regional supervisor. And so I'm going to have to kind of wear both hats for a little bit because uh, my old position hasn't been backfilled. And, uh, you know, at present, we don't have an automation technician who's available, who lives in Wyoming or in Colorado. So they're going to send me down. I'll uh, be learning this with a more senior uh, automation specialist from Louisiana. He's going to come up. I'm going to come down. I'm going to bring some supplies with me. He's going to bring some supplies with him. We're going to do a trial for uh, one of our customers that we're wanting to win a lot of business with. And uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun on that end, I think. But it'll also mean uh, days away from home, days away from my wife and my kids. Uh, you know, the question in my mind, of course, is, uh, you know, is that me following the first half of that Ecclesiastes passage or the second half? Uh, you know, right now I'm recording this and my wife is enjoying her coffee in the uh, recliner behind me and I'm enjoying my coffee as I record this podcast and uh, just enjoying a nice cool uh, fall Sunday morning and uh, so that you know I'm following that part of it if I'm away from Sunday evening till Thursday evening uh, you know it's definitely not the first choice it's not ideal but uh, it definitely does keep in uh, step with whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. You know, so I've got this position now. I've got uh, not just a title, but hopefully also a, uh, a role that I play and I serve in the organization with helping to oversee the growth. And uh, so me going down to Wyoming, I'm going to get to uh, not only learn the task, but also get my arms around uh, the concept and this customer and get to know them and be able to understand firsthand uh, what kind of a person should we send them when it comes to a technician who's going to be a good fit for that role who's going to know how to do this job in particular that we're going to need somebody to do for us and uh, and and hopefully you know me going down this time translates into let's get somebody hired so that they're just there and they're ready. Uh, let's make sure that they're trained up and uh, they know what to do in a situation like this so that I don't have to come down from uh, Montana. But, uh, you know, that's, again, uh, it's, it's a balancing act. It's a judgment call. It's a case-by-case -case basis. And uh, you, you hope and pray to the good Lord above that you are juggling those concerns, uh, those priorities uh, adequately. I'll say, you know, the BNSF thing, I touched on that just briefly, talked mostly about Tesla, but the BNSF, you know, that was a, a different animal. So I've got a friend that works for them. He's got a big family and uh, his wife and my wife are really good friends and they text all throughout the day and uh, have a good relationship. Uh, he and I, we've talked a couple of times, not nearly as close. We're more in the level of acquaintances, but uh, he's a good guy. I like him, I like their family. And uh, he had reached out and he said, hey, you know, I'm doing this uh, uh, job for BNSF where I build basically these communications cabinets, I prefab them. And before that, I was working uh, on putting them out, installing them out in the field. And it sounds very similar to what you do right now in oil and gas. And would you be interested in talking with BNSF? I think you'd be really good for it. You have a great skill set. It's hard to find guys with that skill set in that market. And uh, yeah, and so I did some interviews and I talked with them and I put in my application and did research on the company. 
I did a lot of thinking and praying on it, talking with my wife about uh, not only the pay, but also the, the type of life that it is where there's a lot of travel. Uh, you're away for um, days or weeks at a time on a regular basis. I just decided, you know, that's you know maybe an investment in the future and maybe if the pay is there and if the stability is there and if it's structured and it's organized and, and the retirement is definitely there railroad retirement is uh just about the best you can imagine and uh you know if that all is worth it in the long run then maybe that's the way we go but uh it would have meant a little bit of a step back in pay which we can't really afford right now and uh Besides that, didn't really have a warm and fuzzy feeling about uh, traveling as much as the job was going to require for as long of a period as the job was going to require. So that was looking like two years of being on the road consistently. And, uh, you know, with it being railroad union, uh, it's not really, there's not nearly as much flexibility for how that gets managed. Now, in this case, you know, I'm going down to Wyoming for four days. Uh, two weeks ago, I went down to Houston, and I was you know, kind of similar situation, except I left on a Monday morning. I was back on a Thursday evening. Uh, two weeks before that, I went down to Colorado. Uh, you know, left on a Sunday evening and was back on, what was it, Wednesday, Tuesday? Tuesday evening, something like that. I was gone for a few days. Um, it's not really my absolute favorite. I like it in measured doses. Uh, it's definitely going to prove a challenge in the short term uh, to accomplish what needs to be accomplished at home while also doing those tasks. But there's a lot more room for me to uh, push for hey, let's get a guy hired. You know, this is obviously a consistent thing. It's consistent enough that you guys are wanting me to go down there and do it uh, every other week or once a month or whatever. And maybe we need to look at hiring somebody sooner rather than later. Um, you know, that whether that looks like six months of this kind of a thing, there's a little bit of work, a little bit of work, a little bit of work. Uh, whether it is, uh, you know, a year, I, hopefully it's not anywhere near that long of a span. But I at least don't see it being two years where I'm locked in for two years. That's the way it's going to be. There's nothing you can really do about it because you're an apprentice. You're low man on the totem pole. I at least have the ear of people up above. And I'm looking to hire in this area, too. And... You know, maybe if I don't get a guy hired down there, I at least get some guys hired up here to where if they're twiddling their thumbs and they don't have anything uh, real pressing, if they want to stretch their legs a little bit and see some new territory, say, hey, why don't you go on down there? You do this for us. It'll give you some exposure, some experience, and, uh, and then that'll get me a little bit of a break to where I'm not always on the road so much. But we'll see. One of the long-term goals that I have, and this is uh, one that I have to uh, take in stride or take with a grain of salt for myself, uh, and I have to be careful broadcasting it because it's, you know, it's a it's a big hairy goal, and I don't want it to become an idol or to become such a uh, preoccupation that if life goes a different direction, I'm going to be really disappointed or frustrated or it's going to be like, oh shoot, you know. That was a failure. But one of the things long-term, I really I keep saying it's a goal. Uh, maybe it happens. Maybe it doesn't. Good. God willing, we live and do this or that. Right? Uh, but I want to move my family out to the country. I'd really like to have enough disposable income at some point to be able to design and have built uh, a house that... Uh, is you know, it's an earth home basically, 
where you know maybe one side of the house is exposed uh you've got you know kind of a log cabin rustic modern uh sort of a aesthetic and then you've got a sitting room where you can have guests entertained and you you know have your couches and your seats and all that where you can sit around just look out the window and enjoy the sunlight have a glass of tea uh have a, a cold ale and uh talk about life uh, a porch with a rocking chair you can sit watch the trees sway hopefully we'll have trees eastern montana is not real big on trees but hopefully we'll have some and uh you know, but but have a an earth home. Have it be some you know a clever, different. Uh, it's not totally original, but um, it's definitely not so mainstream that everybody's got them. Um, you know, I think the the insulative properties of earth homes are about as good as you can hope for. Uh, you know, so it's energy efficient, uh, stable, cozy, right? And uh, and then to have a ranch, have you know, have a, a greenhouse for cold Montana winters, have that set up to where uh, we can grow vegetables year round, and uh, and who knows, maybe even grow uh, you know avocados or something. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, have a greenhouse, have a garden outside, outdoors. It's a little bit bigger for the summer months. Um, have a shop. Have uh, you know, some dairy goats for uh, milking for uh, not so much the uh, the milk, but for making cheese. Goat cheese is fantastic. One of my favorite things. Uh, it's just absolutely delicious. And uh, you know, grow some spinach year round in our uh, greenhouse. That sounds great. Do some hydroponics, some aeroponics, do some original things there and raise some bison, you know, maybe even just one or two. Uh, if we just raised enough for us, uh, at the start, see how we like it, see how it goes. If it's something that we want to expand and do on a bigger scale than we could. But even if we just did it on a small scale, uh, you know, make sure that the bison is all cooped up and, um, we're, you know, just, you know, uh, staying on top of it uh, from a safety standpoint. I wouldn't want it to be any kind of a danger to my kids, but uh, I think it'd be super cool if it eventually turned into something that we could have as a commercial enterprise or have as a, a supplemental stream of income. Uh, you know, bigger than that, even a thought has been, what if we had uh, you know, a, a restaurant we've got our own garden or greenhouse and we've got our own bison and we, you know, and I've become proficient at, uh, butchering, uh, livestock and game. And so then I can process my own meat, turn it into stuff that we could serve to customers of the restaurant and my wife and my son, Eli, he really likes to cook. And, you know, so maybe the two of them, they work together, they put together a, a menu and they say, hey, this is what we cook here. This is what we serve. You get people coming into the restaurant. They can see it's fresh food. It's locally grown. And uh, it just goes from there. I think I think that would be really, really cool. Uh, even if it didn't turn into the restaurant portion, at least, you know, we cook our own uh, homegrown food for guests. Have people over, you know, serve them what's come from our garden and from our field. And, uh, yeah. And then in addition to that too, you know, I've got that rocking chair. I can sit on my front porch. There's a, there's a picture I saw one time. I visited, uh, Ulysses S. Grant's, uh, home, childhood home in, uh, Ohio. And it was, it's kind of been made into a museum. And there was a picture of him writing his memoirs. I think after he had served as president. And he's sitting on uh, one of those, you know, Southern style, uh, big plantation houses, uh, porches. And he's got a blanket across his lap and he's got a pen and paper in his hands and he's writing and he's writing his memoirs. 
And he's got, I think he had a pipe in his mouth. And so he's sitting there and he's just rocking and he's writing and smoking his pipe. And I just think you know, that's stuck in my mind as, boy, that'd be really cool. That, that's part of my bucket list dream. Uh, you know, maybe have it you know, this time of year. It's a cool morning, cool Sunday morning. And instead of podcasting, I just go sit on the front porch and I rock and I smoke my pipe and uh, write. Uh, that sounds pretty good to me. But uh, in addition to that, you know, it gets really, really freaking cold, if you'll pardon the expression, in uh, Montana and North Dakota. I think that's the scientific term. Uh, it's really freaking cold uh, degrees Fahrenheit. But it gets, you know, negative 40 uh, without windshield in this part of the world. And uh, so what I'd like to do, have most of the house be an earth home, because when it gets that cold, you'd kind of like the, the wind not to whip through your house. Uh, you know, we'll have a fireplace, obviously. And that could be on the, the main level or the the, uh, the entryway where we entertain guests. That would be one of those that hangs down out of the ceiling. I've seen that on Pinterest. I think it looks really great. Uh, but it just kind of floats in the middle of the room. You can have chairs all around it for people to sit. And they can kind of look around. It's not so big and bulky that it obstructs people from being able to talk with each other. But I have circular seating all the way around this fireplace. You can entertain guests, sit in there in the winter, look out at the snow, the fireplace going. A chimney comes up through the middle of the house uh, or up out into the uh you know, open air uh, through a, a little mound of dirt <laughs> uh, on your roof that is your roof or whatever. But uh, in addition to that, uh, I, I have a thing for earth homes and I have a thing for tree houses. And uh, I've got, you know, a giant board of, I think it's 2,500 some pins on Pinterest and it's all home exterior stuff. I should pull it up and look at it while I'm talking here on my podcast i've got this picture of a yurt the interior of a yurt which might be a little bit of what i have in mind for the the way that the top part of our house would look the, the above ground uh or the, the the part that looks out that faces out into the sunshine but i've got uh four sections in my home exterior board it's actually i'm sorry it's not 2500 it's 1,600 pins, but I've also got a home interior that's uh, 3,078 pins. So combined total, I've got 4,600 pins on Pinterest that are home interior, home exterior. But there's two uh, two of my sections. Uh, one is underground, so earth homes. Uh, the other is tree houses. I've also got a cabin section. That's the biggest by far. It's 545 pins. And then I got a tiny home. And so I'll just lay this out for you. This is uh, how I'd like to have it. So, I, you know, the underground part of the home, that'd be where our bedrooms, uh, you know, kitchen, dining room, uh, you know, laundry room, like the main living space of our house would be where we're going to spend most of our time. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe the above ground or the the part that faces out. You know, uh, you know, maybe we have a, a conservatory. Uh, you know, it's, at the very least, there's a lot of windows. You make up for the lack of light in the rest of the house that's below ground or facing the the dirt. Uh, make up for that on the side that faces out with lots of windows, bringing lots and lots of light. And uh, so then, you know, that's the underground part of it. And then you'd have a, a tree house. Uh, my vision for that is that becomes my study, uh, my office. Yeah, I can kind of use it as a watchtower a little bit and get a break from, you know, we can go up there. We can read a book. We can get on the computer. We can, uh, you know, pull the binoculars out and look for, you know, I don't know, deer and make sure the bison didn't get out of the corral uh whatever you know see guests coming see the enemy coming you know see the zombies coming during the apocalypse or whatever uh you know be able to, to shoot him from the watchtower i don't know uh <laughs> uh 
you know, but, but have a tree house basically, but it wouldn't be like a, a lame, you know, when you were 10 years old tree house, it'd be like one of these tree houses in the section of my uh, Pinterest board where it's like, I mean, this is legit tree houses, like, you know, like a house, literal house and tree, uh, where you could live up there for reals. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't be our main living space, but it'd be, you know, Hey, let's put a bathroom up there. Let's put, uh, windows all around, have it look like, um, you know, an air traffic controller tower. Uh, you know, have a, you know, if, if, uh, we're going to have internet and, um, you know, TV or whatever, you know, put a satellite dish on it. Uh, put a cell booster on it if we're living far enough out into the country. Uh, I can set up the communications equipment because I've got this uh, automation experience. But, you know, be able to sit up there at my desk, do some research, do some reading, do some writing, do some planning. Uh, just look out, you know, in the winter, see what's going on. Uh, you know, I just, I think that would be super cool. And then also, you know, in addition to, you know, a barn or a workshop or a shed for vehicles or whatever, uh, also have, you know, I've got this section for tiny homes. And the idea here would be, you know, we get a couple of these little tiny homes. Uh, and they, I can't imagine they cost too much. They got to be super inexpensive to make. They don't have to have all of the amenities, but just enough to where, you know, you have guests coming in from out of town. You have uh, maybe um, aged parents or relatives that uh, they can't live on their own anymore, but they don't want to live in an assisted living and they don't want to uh, move in with you necessarily. Maybe you don't even want them to move in with you. Uh, because you want your own space. They want their own space. Everybody could be happy if you just build one of these little tiny homes off to the side. And you say, hey, okay, that's your space there. And the, the grandkids can come over and say hi. Uh, Checking with you. you. You can bring over your uh, baked cookies, uh, fresh baked cookies. You're welcome to. Please do come over when you've got fresh baked cookies. Um, you know, but, you know. Have a little tiny home. You can come over for Christmas and uh, Easter dinner and on Sundays and, you know, just hang out while uh, sit around that campfire or not campfire, but uh, fireplace that hangs down out of the ceiling. And you know what? All that sounds, sounds like a pretty stellar way to set up a living space. And so that's part of my, you know, I guess that's my motivation. That's the, the carrot. Uh, on the end of the stick, in my mind, how I'm going to keep driven, uh, keep trying to be creative, diligent, disciplined, hardworking, and focused. If my company says, hey, we want you to come down to Wyoming, and you're going to be here from Sunday evening to Thursday evening, and we want you to watch how this is done, and you're going to be the guy next time around probably, possibly, maybe, if we can't get anybody else, which we probably can't because we haven't hired anybody in this area yet, even though we know there's <laughs> work like this occasionally. Uh, but it's coming soon, I'm sure. Uh, you know, That's how I'm going to uh, stay positive, stay motivated, stay focused. Uh, is by thinking about the long game. And the long game is to have a setup just like I uh, laid out for you. Uh, I think the long game becomes uh, very uh, unrealistic if I slack, if I uh, you know, lose heart, if I get frustrated, if I start uh, you know, kicking the dog when I come in the door. Uh, but I think that long game I just laid out for you about where I'd like to put my family, what I'd like to do for my family, what I'd like uh, to be the, the uh, manner of living to which we become accustomed. Uh, I think all of that becomes realistic if I'm in a high growth, high demand, highly technical, highly specialized field and connecting and staying motivated with and helping to organize uh, young men who are in that field, who have great ideas, who are very sharp, uh, keep them in-house, keep them 
uh, hard charging, keep them focused, find out what motivates them, what their dreams are, what their goals are, help them to reach their goals, and they help me to reach my goal. Uh, we come up with maybe not even just ways to execute on what's already established. But who's to say we don't come up with some newfangled way that nobody's ever thought of that works way better than everybody else's, and it makes a crazy amount of money, a stupid amount of money. And then you make that stupid amount of money and you pay off the house, you pay off the car, you pay off the student loans, you pay off the credit cards, you pay off the medical bills that are piling up on your desk and that uh, you don't know how you're going to pay unless something breaks loose here soon. Uh, you pay off all your debts and you've got uh, a whole bucket of cash besides uh, with which to invest. You know, and I look at a home in the country, like I just mentioned, uh, you know, a small farming operation, a place to write, uh, the time in which to write. I look at that as an investment because I've got great ideas. I know I do. Uh, I've got concepts for books that I just do not have time to write that, you know, if I go make a pile of cash, pay off our debts, get us a place in the country have more free time. Maybe I write that book and that becomes an even bigger success than whatever it is I'm doing right now with automation. Or maybe the the uh, bison farm and the restaurant off to the side with the greenhouse that you can walk through on your way into the uh, restaurant. Maybe all that, that catches like wildfire. That becomes the only really, really high quality restaurant in Eastern Montana. Everybody wants to go there. Everybody wants to go there. People are coming from all over the region to eat there, to have their business meetings, to have their uh, anniversary dinners, to have their wedding receptions, to have, you know, fill in the blank. Uh, and besides all that, you know, I'm doing these other things. I'm writing. I'm doing automation, uh, staying abreast of that, pioneering that. Uh, in some cases, maybe we come up with a combination, a blend of two technologies that nobody's ever put together. That all of a sudden, we, uh, because we were doing some odd job. And some customer asked, can you do this? And we realized nobody was. And then we figured out how to. All of a sudden we were. You know, is there any reason in the world why uh, we shouldn't have a restaurant where somebody comes, they say, hey, you know, I came here for a bison steak with some of your uh, sauteed spinach cooked in uh, olive oil and goat cheese on the side with mashed potatoes. Uh, came for that, but I also want to talk with you about automation. I also want to talk with you about your, your latest book or, or there's a book that we'd like you to write. You know, if I have people right now, I think it's a foretaste. I hope it's a foretaste of things to come. Uh, if I don't, uh, get frustrated and kick the dog on the way in the door or the way out the door. Uh, you know, I have people asking me, Hey, can you please write an article for my blog about this? You know, there was an article I was supposed to write about hunting. Uh, uh, but for time, I would have written, and I did write. I actually wrote a rough draft of it, and I wasn't sure if it was really worth publishing. If I had spitballed it too much, shot from the hip too much. and uh, So I haven't sent it. But uh, you, know, you get more time to invest, more uh, time to spend on things like that. And then all of a sudden, maybe somebody's saying, Hey, we don't just want you to write an article for our blog. We want you to write a book for our bookstore. Um, can you write a book for this, about this? We'd like to get your perspective. And then maybe if you have invested your time on, if I've invested my time on the automation piece, you know, maybe I said no to Tesla. Maybe that ended up being a really, really good decision. Maybe they end up going under. Maybe they end up doing extremely well, but just because I told people, Hey, I got offered a job by Tesla. They're like, hmm, interesting. Why don't we offer you a job at BNSF? Why don't we offer you this supervisor role at ZI? You know, like I said, it's a win-win. Either I go work for Tesla or I get to be the guy who said no thanks to Tesla. Sometimes saying no allows you to focus up on things that are way more profitable and you have to be willing to say no and to focus. Uh, sometimes you got to think about the Short game, sometimes you got to be willing to sacrifice the short term 
in order to win the long game. Uh, but anyways, you know, I'll end on reading one more time this passage from Ecclesiastes. It says, enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun, because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. With that, I conclude this episode of the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. I hope it's been encouraging. I hope it's been inspiring, informative. Uh, at the very least, entertaining. Uh, if you have anything to add to it, any additional perspective, uh, comments, questions, concerns, objections, complaints, you can email me those at garrettmullet at gmail.com. That's G-A-R-R-E-T-T-M-U-L-L-E-T at gmail.com. You can also message me on social media. But if you do, if you don't, thank you for listening and God bless.